Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello one and all, and welcome to Behind the Glass. I'm your host, Sam, from the YouTube channel Seen Through Glass. And I'm Tony from Gravelwood Car Sales. Yes, you are. Uh, Each week we get together, we talk about cars, motorsport, F1... Car, what else? Cars? Cars? We cars, 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 cars. <laughs> <laughs> you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can watch us on youtube.com forward slash behind the glass. Don't forget to subscribe and turn on notifications. And Tony, if people want to support this podcast, what should they do? Watch it. No. <laughs> <laughs> but also head to Patreon. You can support us on patreon.com forward slash behind the glass. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the episode. We're back. Hello. Hello. It's 2000 and... Uh, how no, does that work? It's 2021. <laughs> yeah, but surely you must be able to say 2021. No, is that not a thing? I mean, you can if you want. It's a bit weird, isn't it? I started bit. saying it. I was like, this sounds wrong. <laughs> it's 2021. It's better. <laughs> no longer 2020. That feels good to say, doesn't it? Well, not really. We're in the same old as we was. Well, yeah, I was going to say. I mean, <laughs> it feels good to say, but actually in real life, it, it means sweet FA because mm. the world's still a disaster. But it's, it's but worse. We're here to try and distract you um, and distract ourselves. So yes, we're back from a from a short little break during uh, Christmas. How how was your happy Christmas? Do, no, I can't really say that anymore. But how was your Christmas, Tony? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. There we go. What's wrong with you, mate? It's freezing cold, and we've taken a couple of weeks off. I'm out of practice. Don't give me a hard time. How can you be cold? You've got about ten layers of clothes on. I have fifteen layers of clothes on. <laughs> the, the temperatures in the UK have plummeted the last few weeks and so since we last recorded this already very cold studio has now turned into a fridge um but anyway we'll we'll persevere talk to me how's your christmas well probably much the same as everyone else is very quiet lonely lonely mm. immediate family obviously only uh follow the rules explicitly is that a word i think i uh, th- hey <laughs> let's just go I with it, it yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm I'm pretty bored. I mean, I I, I have been able to work remotely. Um, the showroom's obviously shut again. Dire. Did, did Father Christmas come to visit at the showroom? No, it was well, closed. <laughs> you turned up with a brand new Lamborghini. No, to home. Did you get any nice nice gifts that you want to talk oh, about? I got a new Defender. <laughs> <laughs> what under the tree? Well. Yes. Wow. Fair, fair play. I didn't think that was a thing. Congratulations. How are you getting on with it? I actually really like it. Do man. you? I do really like it. You turned like up it. on it today. It's the 110. Yes. Um, now, you've always liked this car. I have to say, from 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 day squat, you're always like, I'm a fan. Mm. Even though I was a bit like, eh. Um, and now you're actually living with it. You're still really enjoying it. I do really enjoy it. For, for purpose of being a family car, like a utility vehicle, um, I'm actually going to order the commercial version, which is very similar, but just less seats. Um, But, I mean, I don't have a dog, but if you had a dog... (laughs) Are you you trying to sell to me now? (laughs) Have you become a Land Rover salesman over the holidays? I mean, for your dog, it is smart cars too. (laughs) (laughs) My dog is quite small. small. But you know what? I'm starting to see a lot of these new Defenders on the road now. Yeah. I'm starting to see them all over the place in cities and towers and outside as well. Um... I still don't think I love the way it looks. It's not. I'm not like, a, oh, it's sort of not, not as good looking as the old Defender. I just, in general, I don't think I love the way it looks. Mm-hmm. I do still think it looks big, but I'm more accepting of it. And the more I think back to my experience, the thing that I think really stands out in my mind is the fact that of how much it felt like you could really beat it up. And as the weather has now started to turn and it's muddy and it's awful and it's grim, I kind of want to be in a Defender mm. so I don't have to worry about getting the carpets dirty or taking it down a narrow lane and getting the paint scratched. I mean, I probably still would be worried about that. But are you enjoying that element? Is that, is that something that you notice? For, for sure, yeah. Um, when we talk about how big it is, I mean, 
I just pointed out to you as I pulled up, it's no longer than your S, your X3. It's exactly the same. Lengthwise, it's really, it's a weird thing, isn't it? Because you assume it feels bigger. Yeah. But that, we reckon, is down to the height and the seating position. Yeah, it's like, like people always say, oh, they won't drive a big Range Rover, but they're no longer than an Audi A6, essentially. Or if you watch Harry's Garage, the Panamera is longer than a Range Rover. Yes. But it's, it's something to do with the height and how you sit in the car that makes it feel like you're on something very big. Mm. And that's the thing with the Defender is not only is it very, very tall next to the X3, it makes the X3 look like a weird squashed one series. <laughs> it's really yeah. concerning. So um, next one. But then when you look at the steering wheel positions, let alone the, the seating positions for the driver, it's just absolutely night and day, Everest compared to, you know, sea level. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's what gives you this feeling, or this illusion of, of riding high. Yeah, you, you sit... You sit in an X3, you sit on a Defender. <laughs> yes, on, yeah, yeah. on stilts. Yeah. Um, but hey, I think it's cool and I'm, I'm excited and intrigued by your commercial one that uh, you think you're going to get. And uh, well, what a, I mean, you really smashed Christmas. I, I can't really live up to that. I've got some very nice things for Christmas. Uh, There's an uh, overshirt being no, one no, of them. No, I mean, I did, I mean, it's cheating a little bit because... No one bought it for me. I mean, I bought it myself. Oh. <laughs> it's not hey, a- but those are some of the best. I bought myself a GoPro 9. No. Shout out, Go- <laughs> shout out GoPro. <laughs> hey. uh, but also, uh, we, I'm going to say we, because I'm going to loop you in, because I think sometimes people send us stuff rather than just me, uh, have received some gifts from some listeners, some mm-hmm. viewers, some patrons, which we have to shout out. Firstly, I think people can see it in the shot. If you're watching on YouTube, in the background behind Tony, a lovely poster from the Australian Grand Prix 1996, Ooh. Michael Schumacher, whose birthday was just the other day. Uh, that's come from Dom uh, down in Australia. He, he actually has a really good watch company called Grip Auto. They make really nice, affordable watches. So if you're interested in that kind of thing, you're in that part of the world. Dom, do you ship worldwide? Sorry if I'm doing you a disservice there. But anyway, Grip Auto, he sent me that post. He sent me a few other posters that I need to put up. So that's super nice. Oh, that's uh, the cheapest bit of promotion you're ever going to have, Dom, by the yeah. way. <laughs> well, no, it's not. He sent me, I don't know what, a couple hundred quid's worth of posters. So there you go, uh, Dom. Yeah. That's not my usual rates, by the way. No. <laughs> that's <laughs> what I said, cheap. Well done, good point. <laughs> um, but, uh, but no, so, so the studio's coming together now, I think. This, this winter setup is starting to look its part a bit. You know, we've got more yeah, to yeah. add. Oh, we've got this. We've got a behind-the-glass light sign. I saw that. Again, if you're watching on YouTube, there you go. It's a bit intense today, but got to find somewhere to put it so yeah it's been it's been a nice few weeks a few weeks off receiving gifts buying gifts for ourselves if you're Tony um, but we're back and we've got a lot to talk about because well who knows what's going to happen this year I mean <laughs> the, the world could explode we might not be here anymore but we're going to try and do our best throughout 2021 to bring you guys weekly episodes uh, chatting about all things cars car news motorsport whatever we can do and fingers crossed we can bring back live behind the glass with a studio audience. We're, we're, we're going to Europe, aren't we? We're well, going. yeah, I mean, that's the big plan. Oh. Uh, but I think let's start small. Okay. As and when we're allowed to do so, we'll be welcoming well, welcoming people down here to STGHQ. Uh, we'll do sort of hosted evenings. There's an amazing pizzeria here at Duke of London. Uh, there's also a really good bacon sandwich shop. There's coffees. So we'll get it all set up. People can come and hang out with us. We'll get some cool cars downstairs. Not mine. Yeah, I was going to say, we'll just have to bring some cool cars. Um, so yeah, that is the plan. But yeah, lots ahead of us. And I thought we would kickstart this year uh, kind of talking about the cars we're most excited about talking about this year. Do you know what I mean? Okay. The cars we're expecting or hoping to come out to be revealed that we're then going to go in on on this podcast. So that's the main theme for today, but a, a bit of other stuff that I want to talk about first. So, over Christmas, I watched a documentary about Steve McQueen. You know who that is? I, 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 yes, oh, of course. Yeah. Well, a very famous actor. Yes. Also a uh, racing driver. I mean, he was, he yeah. was more than amateur, I'd say. Semi-pro. Yeah. Um, and sort of well-renowned for uh, making movies with great car scenes, mm-hmm. Bullet, the Mustang Chase, etc. Well, I didn't realise that back in the day, he bought the rights to a Formula One book to make an F1 movie in the 70s. Did he? He bought it at the exact same time that another studio bought the rights for the exact same book. <laughs> so did you ever see a movie called Grand Prix back in the 70s? No. So it's a great, I mean, this is, if you're an F1 fan, or maybe you're just an old Hollywood or cinema fan, go back and watch this film because it's a really, really good insight into what Formula One might have been like 
back in the days. It's a little bit glamorized, of course, but they have lots of real drivers participating and taking part. It's all the real cars. Um, the lead actor, is it James Gardner? Oh God, I hope I haven't got that wrong. They're driving actual Formula One cars. Um, it's really filmed beautifully well. Uh, but anyway, so that was very successful. So at the time, Steve McQueen had bought the rights to the same book and he was going to make his F1 film. But being a sort of proper racer, he wanted to make this like really intense racing film. Grand Prix is a bit Hollywood. His was going to be like almost semi-documentary. Okay. What it turned out, what transpired is that didn't happen because he got caught up in another project and the studios, they didn't want to come out after Grand Prix and blah, blah, blah. So it got canned. But what survived was some original footage they shot Back in the 70s. Is it, maybe it's the 60s. Anyway, back in the day, and it's, dude, it's like HD footage. Really? It must be the 60s, actually. Anyway, it is some of the most incredible footage I've ever seen from that era. But also you get a lot of the behind the scenes looks at Grand Prix being filmed. Uh, you know, say drivers, Graham Hill, uh, Sterling Moss, all these different people. So that's my big recommendation. It was annoyingly on Sky. And What's who wrong has with that? well? Who has Sky these days? Well, everyone. Well, I do because of Sky F One. But I, I think a lot of people just have Netflix or Amazon or anyway. Do you have, do you have the football on your Sky? The football. What? <laughs> have you ever met me before? <laughs> what are you talking about? I got the F One channel. I don't know what else comes with it. I just got the F One channel. Oh, uh, I think you can just have the F One channel. I think you can have all. No, of them. I had to buy all of them, but I don't know what they are. Well, Sky Sports One, Sky, Sky Sports. Yeah, two. oh, you got them all. I got oh, them all. You, oh, you got the football then? Do I? I thought the football was on BT or something. No, it's on that as well. Oh, bloody and on Amazon. Oh, don't stop. It's everywhere. Anyway, big recommendation there. Big plug, uh, Steve McQueen. I think it's called The Lost Movie or something like that. But yeah, really worth checking out. Do you want to get any plugs for any Netflix shows before I move on? <laughs> oh, no, I don't really watch Netflix. Okay, so one thing why I know we both did watch not together but separately. Evo, Car of the Year. We did. Because it came out over the holidays, amazingly on ITV4 first and then on their own channel. Yeah. And like me, are you someone who gets excited by Ecote every year? Not really. Oh. <laughs> but I mean, I do. I do. <laughs> you cool. expecting me to say yeah? Yeah, yeah. yeah we but, love Ecote. But, but I, I, I always keep a keen eye on it because in general, they're not far off from my opinions. This year, they were well off. Well, I think the point being, there's not many other magazines or outlets that these days get together such an eclectic mix of, of car, like of the, the best cars that have been made that year mm. and, and really put them up against each other. Now, I agree with you where sometimes their decision making, I don't agree with, but I, I tend to not agree with a lot of their thinking throughout the year anyway. Uh, I think Jethro Bovington is the only guy that I really... Yeah, who's the other one that was there as well? Jethro... Catchpole? Catchpole. Uh, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Henry Catchpole and I the like car affection stuff, amazing. I yeah. just never agree with Henry's opinions on okay. cars. So, uh, you know, but that's the whole point, isn't it? We all have our own opinions. Of we course. all like things differently. But yeah, Evo this year, so long story short, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, <laughs> um, the top three cars... This is so weird. <laughs> I don't even know how to say third place. The Lamborghini Huracan <laughs> Evo rear-wheel drive. But Tony, you love, have you driven that car? No. But nor have I. Every single journalist in that video, in that movie about Evo Coach of the Year, fell in love with that car. Okay, fair. How many of them have owned a supercar, though, in general? Why are you bringing that into the equation? Why not? Because what, I mean, I don't, have, do they live with supercars? No, well, I don't know, but... Why does that matter in judging uh, how a supercar performs? Because they're, they're given that car for mm -hmm. two days, which mm -hmm. is fair. Mm -hmm. They obviously know what they're talking about. It's their job, they're journalists, right? But there's a difference between driving a car for a couple of days, as we know, and being surrounded by petrol heads and being in the moment and, yeah, this is brilliant. But then, actually, if you have it for a couple of weeks you'd probably change your mind. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, of course. But isn't then the skill, the talent, the fact that they can get in these cars over a short period of time and and make these decisions or, or, or pick up on these nuances or, or you know, I, I can't. I, I really struggle if I'm given a day to film with a car to really get a good opinion on it. Maybe because of what you're saying. Maybe I need, maybe everyone should have more time with the car to learn it. Um, but I think I'm always amazed by journalists who can jump in and talk about, you know, elements of the cars, the chassis, the body roll, the brakes, all these different elements, which, you know, aren't always important to the end customer, but are 
the review of a car, mm. I, I think that's a skill. It, it is a huge skill. And and like I said, apart from um, Bovington and... Bo- Bovington. Bov- okay. Bovington. Sorry. I think that's what you put in your toast or cheese it, or no, something. No, that's Bovril. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, and Catchpole. Yeah. Uh, and a couple of other journalists. Dickie Meaden was there. Yeah. Yeah, proper. Yeah, he is actually quite good, yeah. actually. But, but no, no, no. But but I don't think there's many of them that, that can actually nail it on... Oh, I so disagree. No, 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 no. What I mean is, is that, that I think they would probably change their minds after a few days. Fair. That, that's what I mean. Okay, that's no, what I'm saying. Fair. I think, I, think, I, I think a lot of people would, especially even, you know, look at people... Are you taking your jacket off? It's warm. I mean, I'm getting, oh a, bit, getting a bit excited. I'm not going to take it off. <laughs> I've got three radiators on the go. Oh and I, that Christ was like my proudest moment ever. I was like, oh my God, he's going to take his jacket off. I've achieved. Um, but no, so so yes, I think, you know, anyone spends more time, you know, whether you go and buy a 720S the first two days are the best days of your life and then a month later you want to get it back. <laughs> That's um, a prime example. <laughs> we'll come back to that later, by the way. Um, but uh, but yeah, so so... Of course, but I still think what they do is great. And for me, what I learned about the Hurricane Evo rear-wheel drive being in third is that it suggests that with all of the world, as we've been talking about for two years now, every manufacturer is nullifying their cars. They're making them a bit easier to drive, a bit more boring. Like the 911 Turbo S, we've all said it, everyone said it. It's brilliantly fast, but a tiny bit dull. And I think, if I'm honest, I think that's why they put the Hurricane in third for that whole reason because they've they've Lamborghini have stuck to their principles. Exactly that. That's exactly what I'm saying. Ah. I think it felt raw. I think it's loud. It steps out on you. It's mad. It's uncomfortable. And if you look at all the cars that were there, especially the FA and the 765 LT, if you're jumping in and out of those, when you get in the Hurricane, you probably go, yes, it's good because it's a bit old school. It's a bit more what? where we've been than what we're going to, essentially. Yeah, it's raw and it's emotive. And so I think you, and especially if you're in a group, you can keep going, oh, Hurricane's good, isn't it? Oh yeah, my God, it's great. Where you're right, actually, as a standalone car, is it that good? But you know what? We have to go and experience it because every single journalist in that film banged on about how much they loved that mm. Evo rear-wheel drive. So maybe we're missing a trick. Maybe we've just slagged it off without really knowing what may- we're talking about. Maybe, maybe, but but how much better or worse can it be than a Performante? And I drove one for two years. Yeah, fair. So, totally fair. So, uh, yeah, I, I, when, when I was watching it and I thought the Hurricane third, I immediately thought Performante. And as good as the performance was two or three years ago, cars get left behind very quickly. Mm. And how much different is the rear-wheel drive Hurricane to the performance? Because the performance can move about as well, you know. If you back the traction control off, it'll behave the same. So, um, yeah, that, that's that's why I thought, um, um, you know. No, I'm with you. I, I mean, the, the bottom line is we've got to find out. So, so Lambo, if you're watching, hit us up. Anyone out there, if you've got a rear-wheel drive Evo that you're willing to let Tony and I drive, let, let us know. <laughs> Not in this way, would I, please? Definitely on a dry day. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, so that was interesting. In second place, I think relatively predictably was the McLaren 765LT. Uh, Evo, over the years, have always loved McLaren. I think most journalists do because of... I will actually go with exactly what you said a minute ago, was the majority majority of the time they step into a McLaren like I did for the first time in a beautiful scenario a beautiful occasion the perfect road a car that has been perfectly prepared and doesn't go wrong Correct. they blad it for a day and then walk away which is when McLarens are at their best I still hold that true when people ask me about my 540c I said on the right day on the right road it was the best thing I've ever experienced in my life and you can't knock them for that because they can only go on that day but what I'm saying is is can you really buy a car uh, personally, I, by the way, I don't think you should buy a car and what anyone should say. I think you should buy a car because you want it. And especially at that level, who cares what it drives at? If yeah. you want a McLaren or if you want a Ferrari or if you want a Lamborghini, you want that car. But what I'm saying is, is it fair that, that a journalist gets that amount of time and then gives an opinion that, especially the McLaren, is is it is it is it true? I mean, we know it's not. Well, no, we don't know it's not, because again, another car that neither of us have driven. (laughs) But but I think the point being that on that test, so track and then four days on the road, that group decided together that that car should play second. Now, as I say, I think 
journalists tend to love McLarens for that experience. And, I agree. Yeah. And if they're jumping in and out of cars more than you and I are doing at that level, that supercar level, then there's something in those cars that they're adoring and they're loving in that performance, which I, you know, totally fair. Absolutely fine for them to have that opinion. But I also agree that I think if they had that ownership experience or even a longer three, four, five month loan, maybe they would feel slightly differently. I don't know. Um, but on the initial 765 LT launch, everyone went mad for it and said it was it was. Wait, how many times have me and you or anyone else got in a car and absolutely loved it one day, got in it the next and thought, oh my God, this is the worst car ever. <laughs> and by the way, Vice versa. Yeah, vice versa. Vice versa more than, yeah. No, yeah. I, I'm with you there. And, and so, yeah, it didn't surprise me that the McLaren was in top three, but but I, I'm i hesitant, more hesitant about that than the Evo. I think the the Huracan, I kind of get because of what we just said. That it's yeah. probably raw and exciting and they thought, hey, this is so different to all the others. The McLaren, I think it's because it's the McLaren, it's the LT. I, yeah. I, 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 think, I, I just, that was my, maybe I'm jaded, but. Was the Huracan, by the way, the only naturally aspirated car there. Were they all um, turbocharged of some shape or form? Definitely in the top six or seven. What was they, the Morgan? Was, no, that was the plus four. I think they're all... Tu- oh, God, you really... Mate, if it, uh, guys, if, if if I'm wrong, there might have uh, been one or two I've missed, but I think that was one of... One Cayman. or two. Cayman GTS. Okay, so two. Four litre. Um, well, I think most of them were turbocharged of some because that's the way of the world, by the way. Yeah, Don't yeah, forget. Course. So no wonder they they got excited about it because DBX. What's that? Turbocharged. Yeah. Merc engine. Um, Keep going. I'm just trying to remember what was there. Tur- Turbo S F8. Um, the winner. Um, the, the Yaris. The Yaris the Morgan, turbocharged. A- Atom aerial. Turbocharged or supercharged. Um. Might be turbocharged now. Uh, RS7, yeah. Turbocharged. Um, Taycan electric. Was that in there? No, it wasn't there. I wasn't there. Um, Amazing that. <laughs> oh, don't start. <laughs> anyway, okay, you might have a point there. Yeah. So I guess what you're trying to suggest is that actually maybe that's what was winning through for the for the hurricane. The fact that it was completely different to the rest of them. Yeah, yeah. And that's what was helping it stand out. Well, you sort of teased the winner. Uh, the eventual winner, I think quite shockingly, was the BMW M2 CS. <laughs> <laughs> now this is a car that we mocked when it got launched because it was the same price as it came in GT4 and we were like are you mad yeah. who would buy a BMW but you know and then actually to be fair I say but I think on the initial launch I don't feel like it like I don't think everyone was going nuts not like the Yaris it wasn't like everyone was saying get the M2CS the best car in the world and I haven't really had anyone come up to me and say have you driven an M2CS yet so I was kind of shocked that it ended up winning the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, uh, I bet BMW are thankful that they picked that. Because they put out a press release. Did they? Yeah, BMW yeah, put out a press release. They because they will sell some more cars off the back of it because yeah. no doubt people will go and buy them or, you know. Well, I'm intrigued now. I want to have a go. Uh, yeah. I mean, for me, I mean, I haven't driven one yet, but it's nearly double the price of an M2 comp, mate. And mm. how much better can it be than an M2 comp? On the road, at least. Like, okay, I understand it's probably a bit better on track, but I bet I bet underneath, apart from a few tweaks, it, it's probably similar. And again, I don't want to beat our own drum, but do you not think that there's an element of the fact that actually it's because the supercars nowadays and that we're in that test, i.e. even the Huracan, but especially the 765LT, on the road, they're just too fast in the sense that it's all a bit scary and they're a bit too good. Whilst that M2CS, you're probably a lot more involved or you feel a lot more involved, a lot more in control. I think with modern day supercars, and I said it in my F8 piece, I said, you know, nothing's too far. You've got to control that power, but it's it's how much of the performance you're exploiting and how much of you're along for the ride. And I think often in these super, super brand new 700, 800 horsepower supercars, you're kind of just along for the ride because to really take control of that car got to be going so fast and pushing it so hard you can't do that on public roads yeah i mean we've said it before haven't we that you know we we think that 400 horsepower for a car for the road is more than enough especially in a big road which is why gt4s are loved so much that came in gts and that's another thing as well that's almost a direct rival for the cs why wasn't that even in the top three if the m2 cs was mm. number one for a start which all, all, all i felt odd because if you put the two cars side by side, 
I'd have to push all day long, me. They all kind of knocked it a bit, didn't they? I, I kind of assumed that was going to be a winner because there's been a lot of positive noise about the GTS recently. Mm. Um, and I kind of and, they, and at the beginning of the series, the two episodes they broke it up into, they were like, oh, that came and I'm assuming that's going to do really well. And I was like, oh, classic, classic Evo. Mm. Um, but they kind of died a quick death. And I think a lot of them <clears throat> put it down to, firstly, long gearing. And the fact that that engine is just a, a little bit dirty until you rev it out, which is what I've been saying mm. all year. But then why was the M2 CS number one then? Because, because it's better gearing. Okay. And a different response from the engine. It's much more, because you get that low end torque, don't yeah, you? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then it's still, because it's turbocharged, again, we go back to it. The Hurricane was in the top three, probably because it was NA and... and very different though between a rear-wheel drive Lamborghini V10 yeah, yeah, yeah. and a four-liter naturally aspirated Cayman. No, I, I, I get that, mate. But what I'm saying is, is that what was the, you know, what was their final decision behind the, the M2 CS? Why, out of all them cars, mm. how has that become number one? I mean, yeah, it surprised me too. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling, but, but I do think that there was, you got to kind of look at the, the, the overall test, how they did it, where they went. And yet, that's why I, th- I love Ecote because it puts all of these cars up against each mm. other. But at the same time, I if I was there, I probably ended up would have ended up picking a less powerful car than a supercar because I just think after all, I just would have been like, I think I would have had more fun. I think mm. I would have had more fun in an M2, a Yaris, maybe not the Cayman, but you know... Mate, why weren't the the Yaris wasn't even in the top three? No, it would have been in my top three, mm. by the way. Yeah, no, I was surprised by that too, considering again the hype. So hey, Evo, still amazing, still love them, still look forward to Ecote. Don't really agree with any of their opinions <laughs> anymore, but I don't care because the the, no, video, no. the the okay, this is going to sound super harsh, and I hope the editor or videographer is not listening. I didn't think it was that well put together as a video. Well, you said that to me off of, yeah. you know, we spoke off air. off air, and you said that to me, and I don't really take too much notice of that sort of thing. I can tell something that's really well-producted and something that isn't, but obviously it's your background, so you see it instantly. And it, when you said to me, and I went back and had a quick look, I, I kind of got what you were saying, but I didn't spot it initially if you think back to some of the the glory days of evo which you know fine they've moved on from that not a problem um the editing was out of this world mm. they were they were completely the leaders and car affection have kind of taken up that that mantle now but what i didn't like about this piece is okay i'm not gonna say it should have been over edited and sliced together differently fine but it was it was the way the narrative was put together there'd be somebody talking about the cayman under the headline of the yaris and they'd lose loads of shots of the Cayman, and then suddenly you would expect that that meant it was leading into the Cayman, but no, it was for the Morgan. It was just, I've, I struggled to follow it. Okay. And then they were like, okay, now we've got three days of the road tr- thing, and they were, made a big deal about three. And then there was day four and day five, which was like a minute. And they mm. did, so I, I just, hey, this is me being a bit of a dick. And it's, you know, purely because I love watching high end quality course. car content, and Evo used to be the better. Ecote content used to be absolutely outstanding yeah. breathtaking stuff yeah and these guys are all professional at what they do and I understand that but it doesn't mean that we got to agree with them you know no I mean? yeah, and, yeah and no, whole, of course but that's the whole, the whole beauty of the world the isn't it that's the whole beauty of the world we're all about opinions and no one's right and no one's wrong it's all about personal preference and there we go that's, that's why it. I've got a 360 and a 996 <laughs> <laughs> and a bar how are oh. we anyway <laughs> we'll come back to that <laughs> Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. 
United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Um, so let's get into the main topic for today, uh, which is the cars that we're kind of most excited about seeing, learning more about, uh, understanding, and, and talking about here on this podcast this year. There will, of course, be some surprises. We don't know everything that's coming. That's the beauty of what we do. We get to call each other up midweek and go, oh my God, it's a new McLaren. Um, and We say that every week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, there'll be some surprises. But this is the kind of stuff that we, we think is coming or we know is coming and et cetera, et cetera. If there's anything that you know, you know, from your contacts, slide them in. Mm. But I'm going to kick off with a weird one. Uh, and there's a reason why. The Cupra Formentor. Uh, because I saw this, I saw the advert being filmed, the promotional stuff being filmed during Drive the World. Did you really? Yeah, so Captor Formentor is an amazing road in Mallorca. And we woke up at the crack of dawn, drove up to the top, sunrise, blah, blah, blah. And as we were there, a trailer turned up. I was like, how did that get here? And this this Cupra Formentor was being unloaded. And now all the promo materials are coming out for it. And it's all on that but road that morning. Year late. Yeah, year late. <laughs> so I just thought it's quite cool. So I, I don't know, we don't know anything else about it, but just cool because I saw it there. I should have done a schmear and been like, oh, look. I'm, we don't know horsepower's on. I, think I don't like, know. I don't know anything. I'm sorry if okay. you're into the Cupra. I don't really understand the Cupra bad, like. No, nor do I actually, to be honest. So let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so something we're going to know even less about, MG. Oh. The re- is it the, re- so I said the return of MG? Well, they make. Have, have they still been making cars? Yeah, they, oh. they, <laughs> we're going to get in trouble here. Aren't we? Big trouble. <laughs> <laughs> and they have got a few quid, so we're probably going to get sued. Yeah. No, that they make that. Uh, I mean, I make I MG Roadster. Co- no, what? yes, but yeah? I mean, it still looks the same as the old one. But what's that? SUV thing they make as well. I mean, they do an electric one of them. Well, that's a no but there's an electric sports car coming. Oh. Because MG, a historic brand. Like, you know, it's got a long history in making little cool sports cars. Like TVR? Yeah, but not as... Well, I wouldn't say they were at the heights of TVR, but still cool. <laughs> still cool. And they're coming with an all-electric sports car. Are they? Yeah, weird, right? I think they've really? been bought by a Chinese company. I'm going to Google this quickly, because... They've been bought by a Chinese company. Have they? You're crazy. What? I... Are you serious? Yeah. What? Of course they've been bought by a Chinese company years ago. Really? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't know that? I had no idea. (laughs) S-I-A, yeah, company is Chinese-owned MG Motor, S-A-I-C. So no, I had no idea. (laughs) (laughs) That makes sense. Because the Chinese love an electric car. Well, there you go. Oh, this is starting well, hasn't it? (laughs) Can't wait till these cars actually come out. We can talk talk more about them. (laughs) I'm not. So, okay, fine. Let's get into one we can get a bit more meaty about because uh, even though we've seen a lot about it, hitting the road this year, M3, M4. Yes. Now, have you got to grips with the looks of it anymore? Uh, mate, I, I I said that I liked it. You did? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, you did. (laughs) So I don't really know what you want me to say. No, fair enough. Uh, well, the reason that I brought it up is I wanted to say, I think I have started to get used to the looks a bit more because I've started to see some 4 Series on the road. Mm. I don't know if it's early lease deals or whatever, but there's a few M440Is cruising around. And I'm like, yeah, okay, like, sure. And a few specced M3s leaking on Instagram. Sure, sure. Yeah, I honestly, mate, it, it's just people don't like change, do they? But when... When a mass-produced car comes out like that, I mean, you're just going to have to get used to it. I mean, people go in about that, is it the Pan America grill on the Merc? You know, yeah, the Pan Americana. Baron, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what looks, I said. I've, yeah, well, you said. Yeah, <laughs> I think that looks miles better than the old grill. But Same. people, people go in on it. You know, purist Mercedes fans. It looks not like the old one, and like, <laughs> mate, it's just, it's just change. People just don't like change. No, fair enough. Um, but yeah, so it'll be interesting to see when that car hits. There's still some dodgy stuff coming out of of BMW with their sort of M performance parts and a few bits. They had their weird M2 advert with the V10 soundtrack. I which saw was, that. Yeah. That was just weird. It's been deleted. Been deleted. <laughs> <laughs> Understandably. Uh, so, yeah, you know, there's still some question marks I'm going to put over BMW's design department at the moment. But, uh, yeah, let's wait and see what the car is like, how it drives. The rest it's going to be great. Um, and say so some specs that have started to be leaked, I think, suggest that it, it could be quite good looking. Once it will be good. People get their It's hands a lot on it. of money. It's Marmite, whether you like it or not. I think it will grow on people. I think uh, BMW do need to push forward, though, a bit. As much as I love my X3, um, you know, 
jumping in and out, like Audi e-tron last year, okay, it's an electric, but I'm talking about interior quality, a few different bits and bobs. I feel like some rivals have now moved ahead again. That was always my biggest complaint with BMWs, that mm. the interior felt the same from 10 years ago. Uh, and they're starting to fall into that trap again, I think. Possibly, but but don't forget, it's not BMW's main concentration. The what inside. is? The driving experience. The, you know, is they, it? Well, not nowadays, because of, they're all similar, but... To drive an M car is still better than the comparison Audi or the the Merc. They they still are okay. They're not quite as nice inside, but they still are. And and the new one's going to be even better, obviously. And one of our favourite all round cars, an M five, um, and that's nice inside. But then, is it as nice as an RS six inside? Probably not. Agreed. Um, on M five though, M five CS. <laughs> I mean, that's a complete waste of money. Why? Are you serious? What's wrong with an M5 comp? Are you going to throw, honestly, so the CS is for track, right? But, I mean... In an M5, I mean, it's what, in two an, and a half tonnes? Two and a half tonne, are you joking? <laughs> Feels heavy at the best of times. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, as good yeah, as it is, like... And, and this is the problem which we're seeing across the board and we, we bang on about and we bang our drum a lot about. Uh, yeah, these sort of overpriced, stupid editions and the one that has shocked me over the last year is the M8 and actually the 8 Series in general. Yeah. And kind of how appallingly they've performed in terms of sales, like the discounts you can get on 8 Series. But that's never been any different, mate. The 6 Series was yeah. the same. The 6 Series Grand Tourer. It's, it's always, always, been the the, always been the same, yeah. And so an M5 CS, if an M5 competition is what, 105? 100 grand, sorry. 100 grand. So a CS, we're going to think, is going to be 110. And 120, probably. 120. Oh! <gasps> Are you jo- Yeah. No thanks. Yeah, are you joking? Yeah, yeah. Speaking of expensive saloons or grand tours, that I specked up a Panamera over the Christmas holidays. Got I did a lot of specking. I got one in stock. Got uh, the uh, Gran Turismo in stock. <gasps> Sport Turismo. Same thing. Really? What yeah. uh, What engine? What Spencer? Uh, it's a hybrid car. Ooh. Yeah, 2.9 V6 hybrid. Four. Four. Yeah, four. 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 Yeah, yeah. Um, how much? Uh, on sale at 69.995. 18 to two and a half years old with um, uh, 15,000 miles on it. Wow. What a car. I specced up a, a brand new GTS, Sport Turismo. Fair. Ticked all the, ticked all the boxes, mate. Oh, she did. Ticked all the boxes. 130 grand. Yeah, it's double the money. Are you 130 crazy? grand for a Panamera. I was nearly sick. How fast do you want to go? I mean, the GTS range is very good. But, I mean, I only want the GTS because I'm a badge whore. Like, I don't really need it. I mean, yeah, you know, just... but I think unless you're buying a Cayman or a 911, I wouldn't bother with a GTS. No, it's one of the big wheels and... But you can get them anyway. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell how much of a sucker I am for a bit of marketing. I'm the guy in Tesco's. I'm like, so what's this playing on the loudspeaker system? I'd love to purchase it. Spotify out. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, wow. So yeah, so M5 CS, there's been some noise about it. Oh, it's very exciting. But, but I think only real psychos, psychopaths, will be buying an M5 CS. I would think so, yeah. yeah. Psychopaths, for those of you who speak Queen's English. Uh, so let's move on uh, with a car that I, I kind of hope we see this year in all its glory, the AMG1 Mercedes hypercar. Well, they weren't going to make that at one point, right? I mean, it's gone back and forth, but the reason I bring it up is right after we broke up for our Christmas holidays, Lewis Hamilton and Mercedes revealed this kind of like on-track dynamic teaser kind of video thing of a car. Terrible and a acting, di- by the way. That <laughs> <was>. <laughs> I, mean, I love you, Lewis, but <laughs> yeah. just stop with the acting. Um, but in a different kind of camo, we got a bit of noise, got a bit of movement. It was all like, ooh. And I feel like the last six months of last year, there started to be a bit more noise around AMG One again. Because mm. I agree, I, I got told it got scrapped. I got told that they couldn't make the engine work. I got told they went to the customer and said, what engine do you want? Like I've heard so many different things, but- yeah. Apparently it's coming. Yeah. And let's hope it comes this year because it will be cool. I've got a friend who's got one. He's, oh, he's really? Got, yeah, yeah. Good friend of mine. He yeah. can't give us any inside scoop? Well, he probably could if I spoke to him, yeah. We'll speak to him for I'll next week. Him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> because, um, yeah, even if it's not the F1 car, uh, F1 engine, sorry, I just think it's cool if Mercedes bring out a hypercar. I don't even care if it's a two litre in line four. Like, I mean, do not go down that road. That's the new C63, basically, with a frock. <laughs> Imagine that. I mean, it will, it will probably be that same engine. Can you 
imagine. Have you heard that there's a, what are they going to call it? The S73 or S76 or something coming? Have you heard about this? No, what's that, like a Maybach thing? Yeah, so so uh, the GT63 AMG four-door thing. S. Thank you. Is going to get a GT70 something. Okay. It's a well, hybrid power. So the, the hybrid performance cars are going to get a seven badge. G, something seven, you know. Oh, oh, I'm no. overcomplicating it. And they're not going to put that two-litre engine in it? No, no, no. I, I think it's the... Uh, help me out. What's the AMG engine these days? Four litre. Four litre V eight. Four litre with electric. Right, fine. So that's why they're. It's a. It's going to be the big AMG flagship, a bit like a Lambo hybrid. Yeah, this is this is our hybrid performance model. Okay. Um, and apparently that's coming this year across the range to multiple things, but starting off with that GT four door thing. Okay. Watch the space. <laughs> um, now Porsche. We're yes. expecting a big year from Porsche. Uh, because, of course, we have GT3. Mm-hmm. We now know majority about, but we should be uh, getting test drives. We should be seeing cars hit the road at some point this year. Yeah. Uh, maybe GT3 touring at the end of the year. Who knows? Yeah. GT4 RS. Do we think we're going to get that this year? <sighs> if we are, I think it's probably at the back end of the year. Okay. But, but it is, it's coming. It's coming. It's I mean, it's coming. so. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. we keep seeing a lot of spy shots of GT3 RS and GT4 RS testing together. Yeah. I don't think they'll be announced at the same time. Seems no, like no, a bit no. of a kick in the gonads from Porsche. Always a year later, normally. So you'd have a GT3, then about a year later, you get the RS announcement. That's that's normally that's normally what happens. I think they will announce the GT4 RS in line with the free RS. 20, Do you? Twenty twenty two. I think yeah, mm. or very 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 late this year. Uh, okay, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna go op- opposite. I'm gonna go summer. I'm going to go summer. For both? Four, no, four RS. Okay. Three RS next year, four, four okay. RS in the summer. Okay. Uh, but yeah, exciting on that front. We should be seeing the Taycan Sport Turismo, uh, maybe 911 Carrera T, 911 GTS. Do you see there's a 911 Targa here? 992 Targa's here outside. Uh, uh, what about the Heritage car? Have you seen that? The Heritage Targa? Yeah. So nice. Yeah. So, but I don't, like the big, huh? I don't like the big dot on the side. Usually I'm a fan of a big white dot on there. You want to know how much? For a Heritage, 124. 140. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, you know, that's Jaguar selling tactics. Isn't it? <laughs> Jaguar pricing. They will, um, they will sell them all though, by the way. Yeah, they oh, no, they will. They definitely will. It's Porsche. And yeah, exciting exciting year ahead, I think, for Porsche. We're yeah. going to see some cool stuff. So uh, you, you know we're going to be talking about those cars on this podcast. Uh, but I touched briefly on Taycan uh, on the sort of other side of the family bench. Uh, Audi are going to be coming with their Taycan rival, the e-tron GT. Correct, which if you haven't seen it, it's A5-ish kind of looking. Yeah, it's yeah. a slightly modern looking A5, basically the same as the Taycan, but it's yeah. Audi rebodied. I think that's cool. I think if it's going to make it a little bit more affordable and accessible for those who want to go full electric, then crack on. I think I'm all for these diluted Audi variants of Porsche or Lambo. Mm. Why not? Yeah, yeah. So that'd be cool to see. Um, Lotus. Oh, so everyone knew that I had my little loving with Lotus last year, which is, you know, it's been a long burning love for me and Lotus. Um, but we're hoping to finally see some new cars coming out of Lotus. The Avaya obviously been doing the rounds, their big electric hypercar. But that was always the kind of precursor to a new range of Lotus cars since Geely, another big electric, uh, a Chinese company came in and bought them. Uh, we're expecting to see new models. So fingers crossed for a sort of Maserati MC20 rival. Really? Yeah, so sort of mid-engined, hybrid, V6-y type. Very good. I think, fingers crossed. So, um, yeah, really excited for that one. And we should mention the Maserati MC20, launched last year. I mean, after some initial sounds and sights I saw that car, I'm not that excited. No. But I kind of want to have a go in one just because Maserati. Yeah. And and have you seen that um, SF90s are starting to get delivered now? Oh, yes, I have. (laughs) Can I just say, any potential future Ferrari owners out there, never spec a black roof. Just don't do it. It ruins the car because the amount of times I've seen SF90 shots with the red and black roof and gone, oh, it looks crap. Mm. Now, these customer cars with body-coloured roofs look incredible. Yeah, and it's interesting as well because quite a lot of them aren't red. 
Yeah. Right? There's lots of different... Go on, Ferrari owners. Yeah. Going out there. Going a bit leery. Going a bit leery. Um, and of course, if you haven't, I don't know what you've been doing with your lives, but you've got to go and check out Power Slide Lover, uh, one of the best Instagram accounts anyone can follow. A uh, uh, big Ferrari collector, and he picked up his FS- SF90 end of last year, and he's been doing ludicrous things with it in the snow in wherever he is, Switzerland. Austria, Italy, I don't know. Um, but yeah, some, some great shots. And uh, I think TG did a post or somebody did a post saying that this is the best marketing for this car that Ferrari have not done, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Because we yeah, all slagged yeah. off that Leclerc piece, in, P- P- Leclerc piece in Monaco. And as I say, the initial launch car was disastrous with the silver wheels, the red, the yeah, black roof. Yeah. And now just based purely on the power slide lover content, I think people are going, what a car! Yeah. So, um, yeah, Ferrari screwed that one up a little bit. I'm still not a fan, if I'm honest. I'm of the SF90? Oh, I would have a go in a heartbeat. I'd have a go, I mean, but I'm I mean, I would have a go at having one in my garage as well. Would you really? <laughs> yeah. Seriously? Why not? I mean, like, oh, well, let's no, wait and see. You. Oh, it's, it's the pinnacle Ferrari at the moment. It's their top of the line. Well, it is, yeah, but, but I mean, just five minutes ago, you said to me that supercars are too fast. No, no, no. Power. I said, I said, I said, as I said in my F8 piece, it's all about controlling the power of your right foot, but you're not, you're, you're, it's how much of the car you're exploiting and you're, you're going to exploit even less of an SF90 unless you're a power slide lover. But I think reading some of his comments in comparison to the journalist pieces, I see... That F8 experience was eye-opening for me with what Ferrari are doing now because we spent all of last year kind of slagging off Ferrari's direction at the moment and what they're doing. And with the F8, I suddenly realised that actually what they're doing is probably what they needed to do but none of us, neither of us wanted them to do, which is kind of catch up with the rivals. Mm. They had to make their cars more usable, easier for people to jump in and go from day one and use it day and day out. And if you look at Shmi's Instagram stories in Dubai right now, every second car is an F8 Tributo. Mm. And that's because if you have the money to spend quick, you want the newest and latest one. The F8 ticks those boxes. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It's a better usable version. For us, we sometimes go, oh, well, you know, we've lost a little bit of the charm and they've made too many of them and it's now a little bit soulless. But actually, it's just really good and more usable. And so SF90, I think maybe... I, I just, I, I hope that, you know, it's, every area of it's going to be exciting. Yeah, for the general public as well, the that that what we look for in a car will get lost in the general public. Completely. Because they, they just look for, it's like Porsche when they went turbocharged their engines. The customers, the normal general people that buy them, preferred them because they're just easier to drive. So, you know, it's us. 10% or 20% of actual petrol heads that moan, really, the general public, which is most of the proportion that buy cars, it gets lost on them. They don't care. Well, that's, that's and for Ferrari's mindset is, well, that's where the SF, that's where the Pista comes in. Yeah. You know, so so if you if that's what you want, off you go, go get a Pista. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want us to predict one car that the other might buy this year or, or could even buy this year. So I'm going to predict a car that I think you might buy this year. And okay. you can predict a car that you think I might buy this year. All right. Do you need time or are you ready to just jump in? Because I can go first if you need time. Well, you, you can go first, yeah. I reckon this year you're going to buy an AMG GT Pro from Mercedes. Mm. Mm. <laughs> oh, you have a point. I have a point. I don't know how you've actually, because I haven't really spoke to anyone about that car, but can- I do like that car, mate. Well, can you, so, so, because it's kind of bubbled up in non-behind-the-glass conversations we've had. Yeah. So talk to people, where, do you regret selling your AMG GTR? No. Okay. I don't regret it. But how do you look back on that experience? Apart from the brake issue, which we spoke about, I, I really like that car. I, like I said, it's not a track car. It's definitely not a track car, which is what intrigues me to the pro because they said that it's more of a track car and, and that it will suffer more. As a road car, I think it's brilliant because it's turbocharged and, and we said many times, but as the actual R as a track car let itself down a bit, but the Pro's supposed to be better. So I am intrigued and I have been looking at them. I know you have. Prices <laughs> have come down okay. significantly as well. Like... Have you got a number that you're like, when they're kind of there, I would be prepared to go in, or it's just about... Well, let's, let's, let's just wait and see. O- obviously, this all depends on... The business. world still being the in place. World and, <laughs> uh, Not uh, imploding. Uh, your 
you have a really good point because I really haven't yeah. been looking at him. Have you spoken to Shmi? Uh, yeah, briefly, mm. but I mean, I know what he thinks about him. You know, he, he yeah. just he loves him, don't he? he? Loves so, him, yeah. um, obviously, I do want a GT2 RS. That's the only car I really want. But, but we're just gonna have to wait and see. Yeah. But, but the the I don't know why I, I thought of two RS, but I just think with everything going on in the world, I, I saw you maybe sucking it up and going, oh, "I'll just get the Pro for now and wait on the two RS." Yeah. But, but hey, that's that's my. That's my yeah, the 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 two RS is just I'm waiting for the right one at the right money. If if one comes at the right money, then then I'll buy it. But the Pro would be like a car that I abuse, kind of thing, you know, road trips and you know, being my abusive car. Road trips to the supermarket. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at the moment. Do, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like when we get back to normal for yeah, a start. Fair enough. <sighs> I, mean, I mean, it's quite good going actually. You know me more better than what I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about me? <laughs> Project Eight, <laughs> Rogue. I mean, you're not entirely wrong. Uh, did we talk about this in the last year? I don't think we did. Not really. Two Project Eights popped up <laughs> on the used market last year for around eighty grand. Mm. I mean, Jaguar. Oh, I just feel so sorry for you. Um, that car has ended up being a disaster for many people in many different ways. Uh, but I still want one desperately badly. And at 80 grand, I'm suddenly like, well, that's the price they should have always been. Yeah. Um, and it was quite hard to resist the two that did come along, but I'm just, I'm definitely in no position to be buying cars at that kind of money. I've obviously also picked up the 996 and the Abarth at the end of last year. So nothing's happening to me until September, October time. I think, you know, I, the Porsche was always going to be a bit of a, stop gap to hopefully until I can get another Porsche, which is why I thought you were going to say GT3. I was going to say that. They which, were the two cars. Like hashtag goals. And I think if I really work my tits off, that's the kind of real dream is to replace the 911 40th with the GT3 uh, or maybe even a GT4. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, the Abarth's got to go as well. That's, you know, I've got to do that project. I hope I can do it this year. That might run over until next year. So I've got to sell those two before I can do anything. Yeah, yeah. And the project date, the thing with the project date is every time I kind of come close, I'm just like, it is stupid though. It's completely stupid. Brilliant. And I love stupid cars. (laughs) So let's wait and see. But those are our predictions. So you can all hold us to that. We'll come back at the end of the year and we'll watch this and see what we predicted for each other and and laugh or cry or I don't know what we'll do. Um, But that's it. That's the end of of our first episode of 2021. There we go. I got it in. 2021. (laughs) Um, I hope you're glad that we are back. If you're listening to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts. If you're listening to us, keep listening to us. If you're watching us here on YouTube, make sure to subscribe, turn on a notifications if you want to support us head over to patreon.com forward slash behind the glass we love our patrons ever so much and uh, we'll catch up with you very very soon goodbye see ya here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states united healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs coming off their parents plan or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.